Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'd like to look at perspective. So I guess we all know what perspective means. It's all about how we look at something. And a number of things have made me pick this topic, mainly based on what's been going on in society in the last few weeks, months, years, and also how we can, by understanding other people's perspectives and being a bit more mindful about them can avoid conflict and difficulties in our own lives. So what do I even mean by perspective? Well, there are lots of places that we could start. I'm going to start with a medical example, unsurprisingly. And in this story that I'm going to tell you, which is based on reality, I want you to think about three the three parties involved. So the first party is the patient, the second is the GP, and the third is the hospital. And within the hospital there's um, two particular teams, so you can almost think of four parties actually. One is the A&E department and the other is the specialist in terms of the hospital. So the story goes that there was a gentleman who was in his mid-50s who was becoming more breathless and for 25 years he's been looked after by the same GP and the same GP surgery and he's an asthmatic gentleman who's been taking his inhalers and recently been using his inhalers more which is very common in asthma if you feel that your asthma is getting worse and he'd been to the GP a couple of times and they'd increased the um, number of times that he was taking his steroid inhaler and it wasn't really helping got sent for a chest x-ray that was normal and a set of blood tests which were also normal so one Sunday night um, this chap, we'll call him Martin suddenly feels that he's very breathless and ends up calling an ambulance and the ambulance crew measure his vital signs and decide that because of his the severity of the uh, breathlessness they're going to take him to hospital and while they're in A&E one of the A&E doctors um, notices that Martin's got a heart murmur so the assumption was that this is a new thing because it's never been documented in his medical history before and the specialty team that look after the heart the cardiology team come and review him and say look you know you've got a leaky heart valve and it's likely that you're going to need surgery for this. Anyway, cut a long story short, within the next few weeks, 
Martin needed surgery on his mitral valve and it took him several weeks after that to recover, but he was a lot better. And during his spell in hospital, one of the junior doctors that was in the operating theatre whilst he was having his mitral valve repair overheard the consultant saying something along the lines of, you know, it's terrible that the GP hasn't picked this up. You know, he's been treated for asthma all these years and he's actually had a mitral valve prolapse. And this sort of got fed back to Martin by the junior doctor going, look, you know, this was what it was and uh, we're just glad we fixed it. You know, see you, you know, hope you feel better. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see you in outpatients in six weeks' time. So then Martin sort of thinks, you know, um, well, you know, I need to sort of raise this with my GP really because... Yeah, just, you know, not not to complain, but just to find out what's going on. And so he writes a letter to the GP saying, look, I was told that, you know, my breathlessness was because of this condition to do with my heart and not asthma. You know, what I want to know is, look, I'd been getting breathless for quite a while. And it seems as though this doctor in A&E had picked it up very quickly and, you know, it wasn't that difficult to fix. Yes, I needed an operation, but I was just wondering what your thoughts were. Hmm. So, at this point, I guess, in terms of perspective, it would be good to try and think about how everyone's feeling here. This is often known, in some circles, as perceptual positioning, and and can be quite a good part of a toolbox of skills, particularly for people who, who really can't see other people's perspective, to be honest. And so for a minute, I want you to just think about how Martin might be feeling. Then about how the A&E doctor or team might be feeling. Then about how the surgical team who repaired his mitral valve might be feeling. And lastly, how his GP might be feeling. I'll come on to perceptual positioning a bit later on, but essentially it's, you know, the practice of moving from seeing the world from your point of view then looking at it from the person opposite you's point of view, and then sitting outside the two of you and watching that dynamic. So I reckon the A&E team feeling pretty good about themselves. You know, they picked something up, referred the patient on, and they got sorted. I think the surgical team are also feeling pretty pleased with themselves. You know, they did a good job, and now Martin can go back to his normal life, and he's not breathless. Martin is feeling possibly, well, he's feeling well, but he's got some questions. And the GP is probably feeling undervalued and in a position where he or she needs to respond. And the response from the GP was, you know, dear Martin, thank you very much for writing with your concerns the the point was that martin clearly had asthma because he'd been treated for it for about 25 years and you generally don't have mitral valve problems for that length of time uh, certainly not from your 30s unless you've got some kind of congenital heart disease which probably would have been picked up beforehand so what the gp said in the letter was look clearly you you do have asthma and we've been treating it and yes this this other condition has sort of arisen 
you know, at some point, and you know, just we we just didn't pick it up. It kind of raises some issues. I mean, this story is from many years ago, um, but topically in recent months, there's been a lot of press about GPs and not seeing people face to face. The point is. Martin had been seen face to face and his chest had been listened to. You don't always listen to someone's heart sounds. Um so it didn't it didn't sort of matter that he'd been seen. And who knows how long that heart murmur might have been there and it all sort of, you know, it sounded very much like he had deteriorated very quickly, um which can sometimes happen with with valve prolapses although that in itself is a bit unusual. What I like about this story is that the the relationship between the GP and Martin hadn't been destroyed. Martin realised that actually, you know, for the last 25 years, you know, he'd had an excellent service um, and things like this happen. And he just wanted some nuance, you know, some explanation behind the thinking around, you know, how this arose and why it was that you know, suddenly this this doctor who'd never met him had picked something up when, you know, he's been under the care of the GP for so long. Anyway, without going into the kind of the, the medical side of it too much, which, you know, people may have a view on, the point I'm trying to make is about perspectives and trying to understand how the other party might might feel. The other thing is, you know, it's easy, I think, to, to malign other professionals you know from the perspective of um you know the 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 surgical team it's very easy to think well what what, what the heck was the gp doing um but the context in which that decision was made when the gp saw martin and increased his asthma treatment you know there's there's so many factors that affect that um so again as i say perspective is really important I think the lesson there is just not to assume anything whichever direction you're looking at that story from you know whether it's the patient whether it's A&E whether it's the specialist whether it's the GP okay so let's move on to another type of perspective this one is around abuse and harassment so again there's been a lot of press around prejudice and that means prejudice against one or more of a person's protected characteristics and I think we've got to remember that it's now against the law to discriminate against someone because of those protected characteristics and in no particular order they are race, sex, sexual orientation, religion, uh, your marital status, your gender, your age and also um, if you're pregnant or within 26 weeks of your baby being born. So the reason I think this one is so topical and so fundamental to have good perspective on as as human beings we're continuously communicating uh, with each other and the way that we communicate is more important now than ever before and by that I mean you know making sure that we don't upset each other and very much you know much more importantly making sure that we 
absolutely have in mind those protected characteristics. It can be tricky because if you're too aware of these things, you, you can end up in positions where you just don't say anything. And I've seen that happen um, on the other side of the coin to me, where people clearly want to ask me something, but they feel that they can't because they might be upsetting me based on the fact I'm Asian or whatever. And I just wanted to kind of have a bit of a deep dive into that area of awkwardness and how and when it can go wrong. So on a base level, if two people are talking to each other and have done for for many years, as I do with many of my friends, and I hasten to add that this is leaving protected characteristics behind. We're not talking about them, we're talking about other things like the fact that someone might be lousy at table tennis or you take the mick out of your friend because he has to look in the mirror all the time and you know check his eyebrows and things before he leaves the house because he's really vain or your friend who's always late and is going to be late to everything unless you remind him not to be now those things are light-hearted but even with those light-hearted stereotypes that you 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 know kind of create out of your friend's behaviors can go wrong so if the other party suddenly stops finding these things funny it can very quickly turn into abuse so for example your friend who has a reputation for wearing funny hats for example and you you might in your group call them hat boy or something if that person gets to a point in their life where they think you know what i don't really want to be associated with hats but you continue to call him hat boy and he says look look I don't do that anymore, can you stop calling me that? But you continue, and he's finding it upsetting. That becomes bullying. And, you know, there's a fine line between humour and, you know, and and banter and making someone feel uncomfortable. So how do you know if you cross the line? How do you stop that from happening? How do we gauge whether someone's ready for that well you know sometimes it's intuitive you just you know someone well uh, but even then it goes wrong sometimes so it's not always straightforward i think the first thing going back to the top of the tree if you like anything to do with protected characteristics requires the utmost respect rule number one in my book is never assume i remember years ago i was working in um in one of my house jobs and one of the team I was I was a you know which means it's the lowest sort of level of doctor uh, you know my first sort of jobs in hospital and one of the team uh had bought a car and had sort of skidded off and he he turned up at work furious and he said um yeah, I bought bought a car off one of your brothers, if you know what I mean, and hadn't checked the tyres and they were bald and I spun off and I've totaled it now. I'm really annoyed. And I, you know, I said back to him, I went, sorry, I've only got one brother and he doesn't actually have a car at the moment. And he just carried on. He just went, yeah, but you know what I mean, don't you? And, you know, this was in front of other people and I went, no, what do you mean? And what he meant was he he bought a car off someone who was Asian, I assume, and, you know, that was twenty, 20 over 20 years ago. But, you know, he'd be in a lot of hot water for that sort of comment now. 
And you know, I I don't know, you know, did I what did I how did I feel about him saying that to me? Well, you know, I didn't really know him very well and he was quite obnoxious, so actually it was a bit unpleasant. Um and my friends, you know, would never say that kind of thing. Um would I take it further nowadays? I don't I don't know. Um possibly. Uh, it, you know, and that's the thing, the world is changing continuously and I think, you know, people talk about being woke and cancel culture and all of those things, all totally irrelevant in a way because we are where we are and we need to kind of get on. I think in terms of my own rules, the number one for me is I never assume anything about anyone. It's just not worth it. You cannot... Um, make assumptions because that's what dangerously kind of leads to reductionist thinking and stereotyping and the second thing is to listen you know listen rather than talk so for people who find it hard to read the room the more they listen the the more chance they have of not putting their foot in it um, when it comes to saying the wrong thing Uh, you know I veered off topic a little bit, but it still goes back to perspective, um, all about how the other person might be receiving this. And as I say, it is far more important to be aware of that now than it was 20 years ago or 50 years ago. I just want to go back to perceptual positioning so it's a, it's a great thing to try out. Next time you're talking to someone one-to-one, just for, you know, in the back of your mind, think about those things. Think about your own perspective. Then think about the person you're talking to and what it might be like to be in their shoes. And then imagine that you're sat on a chair away from the two of you, looking at the two of you in conversation and what that position three feels like it's a great way of seeing things from other people's positions and particularly if you struggle with things like empathy I think it's a great tool to improve that a real favorite um, little nugget of mine is from Stephen R. Covey's book the seven habits of highly effective people and one of those habits is first understand then seek to be understood And it's a brilliant one because it means there's no point in railroading other people. You've got to listen to them first and then you have every chance of convincing them. Uh, Tony Blair was particularly good at this um, politically. Of course, there are other modalities involved in perspective in terms of optimism, pessimism, you know, being grateful and CBT type techniques you know flipping positives onto negatives and actually reframing things which we've talked about in other episodes I haven't really touched on why it's so difficult these days and one of the reasons is that we all consume our own feeds of social media and the world is is less homogenous we we tend to see what we want to see and it's far more nuanced than just the fact that an 85-year-old can't relate to a 16-year-old anymore. We are very much in the era of the individual. Sure, there are you know, communities and commonalities that bind us together, but we're thinking about the fact that 
Never has there been so much choice or freedom in terms of what we consume and how we think. And by that I mean how we think as a result of what we consume and of course how we think affects how we feel and is intertwined into our own identities and habits and beliefs and values and the way that we live. And because it's not really a, you know, science really sort of sciencey, evidence-based kind of topic. I thought I'd leave you with a quote that really resonates with me around perspective, and it's by the composer Irving Berlin, and it's this. Life is 10% what you make it, and 90% how you take it. And I think that is probably the best lesson when it comes to the power of perspective. So that's it for now. I'll be back again very soon. I think there's going to be one more before Christmas and then I'm going to take a short break. I've got to focus on writing my book, um, which I will talk about probably on the next episode. But the next one after the next one will be in January sometime. I need to do some thinking and some planning. Um, Meanwhile, listen, um, thank you so much for listening. As always, it means a lot to me. Please send me your feedback. Send me some topic suggestions and I will be back again with you very soon. Meanwhile, do stay well and take care. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.